Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Shanti, the time that we choose to be aware doesn't necessarily require me to just sit and meditate, but even while I walk and move around, I can be in a meditative awareness, which is awareness of the soul the original, eternal, imperishable being of light. For a little while, I'd like to invite you to be present, to be here, and to be now. Allow your mind to settle in the moment, to relax. This meditation is about awareness. It's about becoming aware of your original and eternal self. It's about connecting to your truth. Let go of your name. And observe yourself feeling nameless. Let go of your gender to discontinue thinking you're a man or a woman. Let it go and observe how you would feel walking around without a gender. Let go of the role that you play and let go of the titles that you own. Observe how you're feeling as you are gradually letting go. Let go of your religion and put it aside just for now. And let go of your nationality and even the language that you're accustomed to. Imagine you have no name, gender, role, title, religion, 
nationality or even a language. Ask yourself, how do you feel at this moment? And in this feeling, who would think of you and who would you think of? The Supreme Soul would think of you and you, the liberated soul, would think of the Supreme. In this state of absolute freedom, I am truly who I am. A free, peaceful, pure, immortal, eternal soul. Allow yourself to just be absorbed in this awareness. At this time, Hello everyone, welcome to America Meditating Radio. That was Letting Go from Off the Grid into the Heart, available on Amazon or iTunes or anywhere online. Done by yours truly, (laughs) Sister Jenna. It always pleases me when you can join the America Meditating Movement Radio Community Family. We continue to thrive to amplify light in the world and to amplify wisdom in the world. It seems as if that's what we are in search of more now than ever before. Yes, things don't look so good, but may I invite you to really percolate the idea that when things get shaken up and moving around, that there is something auspicious in that. It's just up to you to decide what you want to feed. Do you feed the chaos, the distraction, the deception? Or do you feed the truth, the power, and the reality of who we really are and what we're here to do? It's a choice. And every choice has a consequence. So do I choose the dark or do I choose the light? What will be the consequence of the choice? You can see just for yourself that if you choose something that gives joy, inspiration, motivation, positivity, what that's going to do for you just on a karmic level But if you choose something that's pretty selfish or greedy or angry or arrogant, we also get the return of that. So think about the boomerang that you throw out there first from your thoughts, then your words, and then your your actions, and check yourself to see what is it that is holding you back from fulfilling your greatest potential. There is so much in us. There is so much in us. 
However, if we really go deep inside and observe the way our thoughts are actually playing out in our minds, we might acknowledge that we've been wasting a lot of time. And so if that is the case, then start journaling, start changing your friendships, your connections, maybe even start as simple as getting out of the bed on the other side, something that you do every day and just maybe become unconscious. Just do something new to help to shift the quality of thoughts and take you to a higher level. Today, we're welcoming Rhonda Smith, who is born and raised in North Carolina. Her newest company, The Expanded Human, and I like how she spells that, H-U-E-M-A-N, is set up to answer the question, what comes next after personal development? It's an invitation for us to stop the madness of endlessly seeking outside of ourselves. Rhonda believes that only when we embrace the darkest parts of ourselves do we actually get the lessons that lead to remembering and living our deepest truth. She shares her message speaking on stages as well as through podcasting, coaching, and in her work with sacred plant medicine. She uses these modalities to support people in remembering the truth about who they really are. Rhonda's new book, which we're going to talk about, is entitled The Whole Method, Leaders, Quiet the Noise, Blaze Your Own Trail, and Unleash Your Full Potential. We welcome Rhonda Smith to the air. Hi, Rhonda. Welcome. Thank you so very much for having me. Mm, It's good to have you, too. At a point in your life, you became disillusioned about ideas regarding spirituality, success, the interpretation of what wealth means. What were you going through at that time, and how did actually all of that lead you to begin your healing journey? Well, I believe that a lot of people on the planet right now, and specifically women, because that's who I'm noticing, are really going through a time of stepping into being self-reliant and self-efficient and like being able to support ourselves. And a lot of the old paradigms are falling away. So as we step into our power and, and we take on these roles, then obviously it questions how a partner shows up in those roles like what what is the point so all of these things are being restructured so my own journey was coming out of a really really dark time in my life with severe addictive tendencies and really being on this quest to find wealth and success because that's kind of what the the new age movement some of it really perpetuates and Mm -hmm. really just you know doing all the personal development, all the conferences, reading all the books, having the coaches and the mentors, working with sacred medicines. I finally got to a point where I had tried it all and I was still very, very unhappy and in severe depression. And it was really this beautiful anger that birthed in me. And that's why our company is the expanded human because it's about embracing all of the hues of ourselves Mm -hmm. and our feelings, right? So from that moment, that ring of fire that I was feeling inside that was showing me, the anger was showing me where I wasn't aligned in my life and my relationships and with my path. And it was really me denying the knowledge and wisdom of my own soul. My soul was trying to tell me things and I wasn't listening. I didn't know how. Can you share a little bit about what those thoughts sounded like when you were in that state of denying who you really are, your potential? Well, and nothing was working. So externally, my life, right, my life was showing me like I hadn't figured out my business. I hadn't the things that I was trying. And then I had this like friction, you know, as, as we begin to wake up into the truth, we have one foot in the truth 
and we have one foot in this matrix that we've been living in. And it can be very challenging as any person trying to create a business or wake up or figure ourselves out as we're also stepping into the truth of humanity. So it was a really interesting shift for me to like understand that I had to choose a path that was my soul. So for me, and it can be different for everybody, when anger presents itself in my life, and, and I'm not talking about violent anger or destructive anger, just being angry, being present with anger, mm-hmm. I need to pay attention. It's almost like my soul is saying, would you please just listen for just a minute, which is spirit essentially, right? Would you please just listen to me and like sit quietly and be with yourself and walk in the woods and listen to these things and you know, nobody understood what I was doing when I decided to shift patterns and I decided to do some really bold things in my life and I eliminated some relationships. You know, and I'm I'm not mm-hmm. a big advocate of just eliminating all the people around us that aren't going the same way as we are. I think that having relationships that create learning, growing or a little bit of friction can be helpful and useful when they're not, you know, destructive. Right, right. I get that. For me, it feels like I'm just so disconnected with mm-hmm. feeling exceptionally innately natural with myself. Mm-hmm. And then I know that there's something percolating. Either something from my past is trying to interfere with my present moment, or I'm being so ignorant that I'm moving too far ahead of myself with a desire or something right. that I think is better than my present. Haven't you noticed that? And you've just felt like discombobulated. Like, where am I? Who am I? What am I doing? I think that's so beautifully said. And I talk about this a little bit in my book, but we are all so focused on the goal or the desire. And we're all creating these lives or dreams from a lot of wounding, a lot of need. And mm-hmm. the more we sit with those feelings, you know, I, I went through this with love in my life, my whole life, where it was just this perpetual state of need with it and desire. And I finally decided to be celibate and not date and not read books and not listen to podcasts. And I did it for about two and a half years mm-hmm. to really sit and learn to listen, to like be with my discomfort with this rather than make decisions. So I think that when we can be grateful and present to the moment as it is, there's information there. And then we get information yeah. to take the next step rather than always living in this perpetual state of getting to a place of there. Yeah, yeah. And there's always this interpretation that we need companionship to feel whole when really the companionship begins. I would say definitely it begins between um, a very intimate, true relationship with the self that starts to commune you to God, a higher potential of how you can vibrate as a person and then moving into relationships wouldn't you say oh i would definitely say the day that i realized that the love i had been seeking my entire life was only the love that i could give myself was Mm. just oh i was just like goodness it has been with me the whole time right and i think when we start to do that work we realize what it needs the amount of attention and consistency it requires to to care enough to pay that much attention, and not on the self in a narcissistic or arrogant way, but to be conscious that everything I'm thinking and saying and about to do carries not only my legacy, but carries an energy around the world that contributes to whatever we're going through. So can you imagine if you've not been aware of the importance of taking care of you and healing you, the things that we bring into these intimate relationships just make them 
much more difficult to sustain in the long run. So, um, right. So, what are some of the realizations that you've had on the journey as you began your healing process? I know you've shared a few, but like, was there one particular thing rather that stood out for you specifically that even till today it's become your ace card? Well, for me, I mean, and I think every person is so specific, like a a snowflake, so unique. But for me, you know, I have danced with really dark feelings, a lot of depression, a lot of suicidal thinking since I was very small. And I say this with a caveat that, you know, you should always make sure that you seek correct medical help and support if you're having these feelings. But for me in my own life, it was really about learning how to go into them with Mm -hmm amazing support, shamanic help, to be able to understand how to lay in them and to learn from them. So it was almost as though the thing, the very thing I ran from my entire life was like waiting with the message that my soul was waiting to hear. Mm, So learning how to become that. So, right. And for me, I mean, I'm, I'm a shadow coach, so I help people face the parts of themselves that they don't really want to face. And typically, you know, that's like, it's because they have to, the universe life has brought in, what they need because, you know, when we ignore the call, it gets louder and louder and louder. And that's, you know, that's the hero's journey for most of us. Mm-hmm. For me, it was you know, that I'm a feeling human and mm-hmm. it's okay to feel my feelings and it's okay for me not to be happy all the time or to be whatever. And, like, I believe that success is measured by how we, we talk to ourselves and others when we're in times of pain or shame or discomfort. And that yeah. journey has really been not to love. It's not, for me, not choosing love or fear. It's loving ourselves through the fear or loving ourselves through the shame. It's really just to be authentic and truthful. I know Brene Brown speaks a lot about vulnerability, and it's just being you and not wearing all these masks that keep right. trying mm-hmm. to project to the world that you're okay or you're better than the next person. It's funny because my next question is about mask wearing, which you've talked about. So the greatest work of our lives, you said, is being willing to stand naked with all of our masks removed. Tell us what you mean by this and what is the result when we actually remove the masks. We live most of our lives being who we think other people think we are or who we think other people need us to be so that we are valued or loved. And when I have people come to me and and they tell me, you know, what they've read or who they've studied or what teachers they've had, and that's amazing because it's a foundation, but, like, that part doesn't really interest me. And that whole idea on the planet is a little bit old in my opinion. I want to know who you are when you're in the kitchen at midnight naked maybe eating peanut butter out of a jar. And, like, I want to learn to know that part of you. That's where people's true humor comes in. That's where people become funny or strange. And I, you know, I call my company, like, the land of misfit toys because we're all so very strange. But that's the Mm -hmm. thing that makes us so beautiful. And people feel like they won't be loved if they let people know, you know, what's hiding under the dress or what's really inside of them. And and really, I find that I enjoy people more and there's a a lot just more fierce connection between people when we live this way and we're really honest about who we are. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, especially for someone in my capacity where individuals are always expecting you to be the saint. 
I always invite my friends to say, expect me to show you the journey towards sainthood, <laughs> which is like mm, a completely different process. <laughs> I love that. Well, and it's true, like, especially with you, like, I would way rather know you're having an interesting day or a moody day or whatever, and I can still appreciate you and be with you in that place. I don't need you to be anything. And that's really those expectations. And, you know, I have a similar place where people come to me to try and feel better. And I am not like this endless amount of air that fills people up so that they feel better. And it's helping them learn how to be self-reliant and helping them take care of their own nurturing need. Right, right. That right? makes sense. And Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not quite sure. Do you have that habit? Do you tend to put people in packages that you expect them to be great leaders or you expect them to be a particular way and and forget that they're on a journey? I mean... Do you do that to people too, or do you catch yourself before you get to that deep point? I think it's because my journey has been so hard, and I have sat in such very low, dark places that I don't really have. I have one of my gifts is that I can I can see the potential in someone, and I can see what their gifts are like for what they would be good at. But at the same time, it took me many, many, many years to be able to be confident enough into myself to like put myself out there I mean you're online you know what that's like the vulnerability writing this book and I always want to be honest with everybody writing this book was one of the hardest most challenging things I've ever done I it was birthing my the song of my soul which I didn't know how would be accepted and as I was writing it I found that I had to let go of how it would be received because it was my dharma to write it and that doesn't mean that people are going to like it. It's meant for me to become the person who can write it. So I have a lot of patience and I think acceptance with people as they go on their journey and they do their tango and they dance back and forth and they take steps back and they retreat because waking up and stepping into our potential in this climate and in this time in the world, holy smokes, it's not a, it's not exactly it's not a easy small thing. thing. No. Yeah, yeah no. it sure isn't. What a time, huh? Oh, my goodness. So, I know. So, you and four others, you actually came together to form the Expanded Human. What is the Expanded Human and its mission, and how can it help us on our journey? Well, I feel like I'm in many, many communities, and I have huge amounts of people that I've been blessed to know, and I feel like everybody's on this endless quest to achieve and create a dream. And I'm not so really sure that it's the dream that we even want, but it's the dream that's been implanted in the soul. So Mm -hmm. I have a lot of people of success who have created a lot of beautiful things who come to me for private coaching who have said, like, I'm not happy. So then they're looking at opening up relationship or they're looking at all of these different things. And I'm like, you don't know who you are to be making these decisions yet. So people are emotionally bankrupt and a lot of people are living in empty success syndrome. So they'll achieve something and it's not it. So the goal of the expanded human is to really answer the question is what comes next after all of this personal development? Like everything that we're seeking is actually found inside of us. If we know how to connect to it, it's that internal compass, the wisdom of the soul. And I work with sacred plant medicines to remove what I call the schmutz that keeps us from remembering who and what we are. So the whole point of the expanded human is a really community. We have several, you know, we have a free community for people who 
you know, just don't need access. And then we have like different levels and tiers, but to really turn people inside out, get them connected to what their enough number is, what do they really need in their lives, which is usually far less than we think. And Mm -hmm. then help them from a place of being grounded and, you know, you can't teach empathy and compassion and you can't teach someone to want to have it. It has to come from experience. So everything that I try and design is like to bring people into mind that like we have made a choice of humanity that we, it's okay that we have people that are hungry and don't have food. And like, I'm not okay with that because there's lots of things that have to happen. We have to feed the people. We have to teach the people. And it's like everybody just wants to go be rich and abundant. And it's like, we can't, we're all in this together. Yeah. Why is it that you and I know that so clearly and others are like walking around saying, well, that's your problem. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, and like, that's my fear is like, I can't teach you to care. Well, you know, I am in a lot of communities of very successful people and I could take 10 of the best minds I know and stick them in a room. And I don't know how long it would take, but I guarantee you they would come out with a plan. But it's like getting them to want to go sit in that room. And that's the thing is like getting people safe. And to feel safe to sit in that room. Yes. And to feel safe to sit in that room because whether we want to accept it or not, we're carrying a lot of trauma of many lifetimes. And that feeling of wanting to feel safe is so important for so many of us that we do keep these masks on until we feel safe. And I think you just nailed it right there. But, like, what is safe? Because, you know, when we have monetary, you know, income or we have monetary things coming in, that's typically a level of safety. But let's just say, for example, that our financial system failed, right? Mm -hmm. Then what, right? Because that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. So especially in women, like, we, we live out here in Northern California, and there's a group of us. Now, I've been a vegetarian and a vegan for a long time, and then for health reasons, my body just needed some meat, so I started eating meat in a very spiritual and ceremonial way. And I was like, we, and this may be controversial for your show, I'm not sure, but and for listeners, and again, I value everyone's opinion, but I need to be a woman who can feed myself if something harsh happens on the planet, whether that's I know plant knowledge or I understand how to properly and carefully hunt something. And there's a group of us out here who are like, we need to be more efficient. And the thing Mm -hmm. I've learned, so my greatest wounding in my life is I didn't feel that I knew how to take care of myself. And if you had swam out to help me, I would have drowned you. And this was (laughs) perpetually my, yes, and this, this is my life's work. So being the woman who can take care of herself financially, being the woman who could to take care of herself if I need to feed myself, being the woman who can do these things. So it's like this lifelong lesson of like lots of learning and education for me. Yeah. And I think and for me, that's safety. Uh-huh. Go ahead. No, that safety is knowing that no matter what the condition, that I can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You really seem to be an old soul because some of the things that you're sharing, not everybody walks around with that level of intentionality or curiosity or concern. I was remembering, <laughs> I was remembering Rhonda after the election. I was, as much as I knew this was going to be the reality, you know, the reality is always very different than the idea of it. And so for months, I was just like, wow, the humanity, what has happened to us? And the hurt and the pain in my heart was indescribable. 
And I turned to so many friends to try to help me through it and go, what has happened? All of this spiritual work we've been doing, this is where we've gotten. I mean, you know, we were just having big-time conversations. And I remember sitting with my producer, and she just looked at me like, well, what you going to do? I said, don't you feel it? Don't you feel what's going on? She just looked at me like, what you going to do? And I was just like, whoa, I just can't oh, believe that yeah. she wasn't feeling it. But then... Something came up in a relationship that I know that she was struggling with at the time. And I said, so if I mention so-and-so, what are you going to do about it? And you could see, like, everything changes. So I think each of us have, like, something sitting in the soul that needs addressing. And the events and circumstances that confront us are actually giving us signals to say, there's a power in you. Now are you ready to emerge it? And whether we want to accept it or not, some of the greatest struggles that we've ever endured are actually gifts trying to tell us there's such a power in you. Can I see it? I couldn't agree more. I mean, although I try not to to get too involved in politics just because it's such an energy suck for people to stay in this duality, it's divide, but... When this last election happened, I was like, well, I feel like we were tearing off the scab of all the wounds of humanity so we could actually see the darkness that some of us still weren't like understanding that was there or present. So mm-hmm. I agree. And it's like my own suicidal feelings. I finally was able to sit and listen. said, I've been trying to give you this message your whole life, which was the message yeah. of you need to be able to take care of yourself. So I, I think they are our greatest gifts. And, you know, that's the beauty of polarity is that rather than it being these two opposing forces trying to knock one each other out it's like they're working together to create this frictional space to move us into something or shift us into something yeah isn't that true so if there was anything that you would offer humanity at this time in terms of a next like the best step that we need to take what would you tell us the only the planet doesn't need to be saved the planet needs to be loved and We don't need to go out and create all this impact and project onto everybody what we think that everybody needs to know is we need to do our own self-work. We need to look at our own wounding, our own shadow, find that radical self-acceptance in ourselves. And by doing that, that creates a ripple. And then other people will say like, wow, you've done something in your life, and then that journey can begin. And I think that at this point, We have to be grounded and smart about how much energy we put into, especially the news. Like, Mm -hmm. it's all Mm -hmm. really designed to keep us in this push and pull of energy. So, you know, I'm not saying to, like, to completely shut things off. Everyone has to decide that for themselves. But, like, I don't watch television. I haven't watched television for 12 years, and I don't participate in the news at all. Mm -hmm. And, And I find that I get what I need to know, and I understand things on a different level. So... I also feel like by eliminating those external sources that typically feed us information to create a result or to manipulate a result, that spirit is like really bringing things through me and knowing. Like I had prayed a couple of weeks ago and said, if things are getting hard and things are beginning to shift and I need to know something, please let me know. And then I had a dream come and it said like that I needed to do some things in my life to prepare myself and my family and my, you know, my town just because things could be getting challenging soon. So I was like, you know, and that's a hard message to deliver to people because people don't want to hear that. But we are energy here in human form, and that cannot be created or, you know, deleted. Energy is energy. So 
you know, us going through whatever it is that humanity is actually going through is is on such a bigger plane. And, you know, sit in your feelings, have them, express them, don't shame them. It's perfectly okay to feel, especially in this time. It's okay to feel scared or to have emotions. I mean, the planet is in a very precarious state, but it's also a very beautiful time for us to awaken to more potential. So it's, you know, just sit with your feelings and don't judge them and how you talk to yourself. All of these things are just essential. And my book is really the journey of that. It's the journey of stepping away from the norm and then tapping into like listening to the song of your soul. Sure. That's beautiful. Beautiful. So let's talk about the book as well. Tell us a little bit about why you choose to write it and how is it doing so far? It's such a funny journey. It's not the book I sat down to write (laughs) Um, by any means, but it is the book that came through me. So I believe that everybody does have a book inside of them. And for me, it was the ultimate culmination of all of my wounding and all of my work and all of my gifts and all of my beauty coming together at once. And it's really a process of turning yourself inside out. And this book for me was propelled by that moment of intense anger the thing that I did first was I I had been following this publisher and I decided to reach out to him and say, I want to write a book, right? Like the day after all that anger hit and I was like, I have to do things differently. So it was the thing I chose. It was a really big yeah. thing that I chose. But this book is really about helping people tap into the fact that we're on this hamster wheel and made to believe in everything, everything you look at online and I had gone to Peru a couple of years ago, and when I got home, I landed in L.A., and everything was like, you need this because you're not enough, or you need to buy this, or you need to be this, or you need to do this. And I was like, wow. That's L.A. So, <laughs> L.A. That's I wanted to go back to LA. Peru. <laughs> right? But, and that's not true. And we are enough, and we are whole, and we have some things that are preventing us from remembering that. That's what this book is designed to do is like to test yourself and to see how you treat yourself when you're in the tests and to find your own mountain, to find what is meant for you to create your dream. And the question, I've been sitting in sacred ceremony for years with shamans and the thing that the medicine keeps showing me is I stand up and I say, what kind of world do we want to create and what kind of people do we want to become? And that is what I wake up every morning to is that thought and that idea of, We could create magic heaven on earth. We could have such a different place here, different education, different schools, different, you know, and there would be enough and it would be abundant. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of, like, people don't even know that that's an option. I mean, we're so saturated by an illusionary form of existence or an illusionary form of love. Last night I gave a talk on karma and the focus was on, you know, recognizing karmic bondage comes from an attachment to your thoughts that are connected to algae. It's an acronym I use. Mm. It stands for A for anger, L for lust, G for greed, A for attachment, and E for ego. And if you're in a relationship or you're dealing with money and you've made that exchange over a long period of time with thoughts that are influenced by that motive, you're going to feel at some point that you're in a bondage. And what a bondage means is you really can't do what you really desire or dream of doing. So in order to shift that, we have to start to pay attention that the thoughts that I'm coming from, the reason why I'm showing up in this conversation with you, is to learn, is to share, 
is to simply be. It's not to thrust, it's not to get, it's not to, you know, and that's where I'm in a moment of karmic freedom with you. Mm-hmm. And so I loved what you've just said and the whole aspect of people looking for achievements and stuff. And, and I get that. I have my moments where I'm sure. down because, <laughs> yeah, I have my moments where I just feel folks are not in the same vision in my mind. I feel we're at the pinnacle, the climax of the most incredible time in history. And so why not be ab- absolutely motivated and inspired? Why not? This is the time. And sometimes I find that that hits me at a deep level, that I just go, ugh. I just really wish to have a lot of overly inspired people who are ten times better than me, but are moving the story even forward in ways that I never could. Mm-hmm. However... However, many people have success, and they have achieved a lot. They have even have wealth or fame, but still there's, there's a void. There's a void. Why is that? And, and, and how does letting go of the more monster, which you discuss in the book, help us to actually try to settle into fulfillment without losing our drive? Mm, such a beautiful question. I think that a little bit of my book, there's an undertone that I don't think money is good. And I think that money created in the current of what's in the best interest of people and humanity has a lot of potential for good. I was at a conference a week and a half ago with a billionaire, Jeff Hoffman, and he's the one who created the kiosks at the airport so that we don't have to stand in those lines so we can all thank him. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, you Which know, it never works it whenever I use it. <laughs> I'll tell him that. <laughs> Please do. Tell him it's I not made for um, yogis. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. But he was saying, you know, that it isn't about money for him and that he was pointing out like Anthony Bourdain or Kate Spade, you know, they had created like the pinnacle of their careers and they still ended their lives. And it isn't about wealth. It isn't about that. And most of us can't even handle who we need to be when we are making that level of success. Right? So... Sitting with your feelings and not thinking that something is going to make them different is really the secret. And we're getting ready to write a book called The Fast where, and it's a simple idea, is eliminate some things from your life. You know, maybe it's books, maybe it's dating, maybe it's sex, maybe it's something else. And sit with what happens in those moments and like be present with them and feel, allow yourself that process, that alchemy of feeling it. And when we do that, we find over time that we need less and we're able to be present with what is. Because when we typically feel those bursts of emotional need, we need to like run from it or run from ourselves. And I've spent years running from my feelings because it was so intense to feel. And, you know, I don't recommend cannonballing off into a big pool of your feelings. I think you should dip your toe for a few minutes and allow yourself to feel it. One of the beautiful medicines that we work with is a toad medicine, and it shows us that around us are billions of experiences, and we tend to be focused in on one, whether it's a story or a need, and we're missing the mystery of all of the other experiences that are just floating around waiting for us. And when an emotion, a feeling, an experience comes through us, it comes through us like a wave. And if we push it back or we don't want to experience it, we do something to numb it out or we even head to the gym 
and we don't allow that wave of energy to come through us, it builds and builds and creates more friction within us, and then we have to do something to not deal with it. If we simply sit down in a chair or lay on a bed and be like, wow, I have some intense feelings right now, I'm just going to let it come through me. And the wave comes through you, and it leaves information. Every experience, every feeling has information waiting in it for you. And you allow that information to be dropped off into the soul. You can go into integration and process. And then it moves through you and on to someone else or something else. And that, for me, was the game changer when I was like, I'm angry. I need to go sit down and see why, as opposed to just walking around angry all day or frustrated or sad or any of those things. And listening to the information that spirit and God, universe, whatever whatever people prefer, comes through like there's information trying to be given to you. Don't push it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That suppression mode it has become such a natural thing. We don't know the damage that it's creating in the long term because let's say in the culture of many of us from India it's just normal that we don't really address feelings. And if we do, we go in front of the deities or the gods or a guru, and we just pray or wait or hope for it to be removed without really deeply understanding why is this touching me so much. And that's one of the things that I love about the balance between East and West is that the West will ask why, and then the East will say, well, you know, go here. You know, this is it. This is, you know, amplify your love to be able to take care of yourself. You share some insights in the book as well to help us remember the truth. How would you describe actually what our true nature is and what are some tips to take? Because I know you've mentioned a little bit, but okay, let's go back. What is the original state? And what are the steps to get back to that original state? That is such a beautiful question. I honestly can't tell you that there's one answer. Mm. So, like, if you and I look at blue, we're not, you know, we'll have no way of knowing if we're seeing the same blue. Right. right? There's always a variation. So, when I talk about truth, I'm talking about like what's happening to humanity, what's being inflicted upon humanity through capitalism and a darkness that's plaguing that. What's happening with our banking systems and our education? Like the waking up into the truth of. the the actual state of humanity and that this has been created. It hasn't just happened. We didn't just have this happen and we're here now. It's all been designed this way. So having people step into that realization can be very shocking to the foundational system. So that is one truth that is the truth of life that's happening right now. And I think Carlos Castaneda calls it like the topic of all topics. And it's fascinating, and I've had a teacher for years, Bernard Gunther, who has a site called veilofreality.com, and he he really gets very esoteric in a lot of this. So that's a great resource if people are looking. But our true nature and our truth is very unique, and it's based on, you know, you can have two twins live the exact same life, dress the same way, and have the same clothes and the same everything, and they're going to have different experiences. So. Getting back to our true nature, which is that that conversation that happens in our head when we make it when we do something and we make a judgment of it, paying attention to that because our true nature is to want to say whatever it is we were saying or to take the action, and it's like without judgment of it and like being okay with it. Now, I'm not saying that it's okay to walk around and just say like, well, this is my truth and I'm going to share it and I'm going to be hurtful. I believe that the journey is really about learning how to share our truth with kindness and compassion. 
learning how to architect communication and not do it in a manipulative way and learning how to ask people if they are interested in even engaging in that conversation. You know, that's a a conversation that happens often when we're feeling heavy and we reach out to people. We kind of just dump on them without saying, hey, friend, do you have a few minutes to hold some space for me? And then if they don't, being okay with that, like having these like open forms of communication. So, you know, it's, it's a heck of a journey back to our true nature and it's awkward before it's elegant mm-hmm. and yeah, having, right. Having a lot of compassion for ourselves in this moment and being like, that's how it came out of me. And I could probably do this differently next time, but it's, you know, this is how I grow is by, by doing, and, you know, we try and cel- celebrate failure. I don't really believe in failure, but we're still using language here on earth. So I don't know how else to describe it. An attempt that didn't work. So we'll say, I failed (laughs) (laughs) and put our arms up in the air because we tried and really celebrating. Yeah. Really celebrating more of those failed attempts at trying things because that's how we learn. And, you know, perfectionism is a disease. It's in psychiatry. They say it's harder to heal than like heroin addiction because the dopamine hit that happens and then people see you this way. And then when things aren't that way, it's paralyzing for people. So us living in this like perpetual state of perfectionism, trying to be these people, like it's making us sick. Nobody's, Mm. nobody's perfect. And we all, you know, we all poop. We all have boogers and it's like learning how to be like, okay with that and understanding those things. It's really the radical acceptance of being human Mm-hmm. So let's just, because we're coming to a close to the end of our mm-hmm. wonderful conversation, what are you working on now at a very deep level in terms of where you are in your spiritual journey? Well, I have two companies, and I run retreats, and I do private coaching, and I want to write another book. <laughs> so my balance right now is really that my soul wants something different. My soul desperately wants to go sit with me and be within me too. I'm having I that know. same feeling. Like, yeah. okay, I get it. All of you, all of that out there, yeah. But even in moments of me just wanting that inner solitude, which I know it's my link to source, I want to be able to utilize that intimate, quiet time whenever I receive it because I don't have as much because I have a mother that's going through dementia and all of that now. Oh. But when I am able to get into that space, I just want this illumination of God's energy to just sit comfortably in me as it used to. And it's been a very interesting observation of me looking for moments throughout the day to really just say, I'm open, I'm available, I'm free. Can I just come and sit with you now? And that is such an isolated, beautiful beautiful isolation, but quiet moment. Because I scroll through all of these things with people and stuff, and I'm going... I don't see anyone really doing anything of substance, and I know I'm living that. Maybe that's a judgment call because I don't know what they're doing behind the pictures on social media. But That's where judgment can be important, right? Judgment allows us to have a baseline of like how things pertain to us. So Discernment, having at a, least. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so anyway, I, I'm feeling the same as you were saying as well. Mm-hmm. So for me, this week... I hired some support for myself, and I am designing my ideal week. And it's for the very first time with only me in mind, which means that my 
private clients are going to have to shift to a specific schedule to fit into my time or we're not going to get to work together and that I need much more time in solitude and I'm not answering those phone calls as much. And being a recovering codependent, it's been such a journey for me to heal this part of myself and have such strong boundary and be able to say the things and put myself first. But, you know, I thought about doing yoga teacher training just so I could like make myself have that time of going within and learning a practice. But that's really the quest right now is I would love to go for several months and be in a cabin in the woods with some snow alone. Yeah. So maybe that has to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? My friends and I, we always say, come on, we just just need a month or something to just find myself. And they all look at me and laugh. You? After three, four days, you'd be so bored. You'd drive us up a wall. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so really, I think even when we're communicating, what, what I know I'm trying to convey is I'm just looking for balance. I don't want to get away from the people that I love and the people that love me. I'm just, I'm just looking for a balance in which I can appreciate them, but I can appreciate my solitude. I can appreciate my time and just all of that wrapped up. So... I think that's that's an important factor. So any closing remarks that you'd like to leave with our listeners? And can I tell you, I've really, really enjoyed our time on air today. I really have as well. I would love an, another time with you just to be able to sit down and talk about. It's not often that you meet people that understand the truth of what's happening here and care. So it's always lovely to be in that company. Well, humans, we have a really interesting situation and this is your call to action to really begin to listen to the song and the sounds of your soul and listen to the whispers and take the time to step away from the distractions and it's time to maybe get rid of some stuff and to live with less and to really start to connect into your own internal wisdom, whatever that means, whatever journey or path it takes. And I hope my book is an entry point for people to really like understand the call and answer the question. So please go out and get a copy of the whole method. It's everywhere books are sold. And please, if you want a community where you feel like you can be naked, come join us at the Expanded Human. We have a beautiful community online, but anything you do is needed. It's found inside of you. So whatever you have to do to get back there. Mm, beautiful, beautiful way to end. Thank you so much, Rhonda Smith. It's been a delight. It has been a delight. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. really enjoyed my talk with Rhonda today. She was spot on, like, from my tribe. <laughs> I really felt that. Check her company out, The Expanded Human, and look for her book, The Whole Method Leaders. Quiet the noise, blaze your own trail, and unleash your full potential. I can go on about all the tools and the key points that Rhonda made, but why don't you just play back this interview on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, wherever, and really send me a message as to what really tapped you and said, hey, pay attention over here. I would love to hear what that was for you. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission, and we really are here to love each other the same, so we should practice that more and more. And I'm going to end the show with Sarah McLaughlin, Instruments of Peace. Take care, everyone, and be well to yourselves. Where there is hatred, let me so
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.